0: Good morning everybody, everybody having a good weekend, amen, all right, well yesterday we had our trunk or treat here, uh, and and I just want to thank you to all all the volunteers, I know Ashley and them were spearheading it, and uh, it went out, it went off perfectly, and it was a a wonderful time that was had by all, and so I want to thank everybody that came out to to have some good times and have some laughs, and so it it was a wonderful day yesterday. And as you see the various uh, fellowship opportunities that are on, that are in the bulletin, let's try to support those to the best of our abilities because I tell you what, it's, uh, there's no better time and no better group of people that I could think to be around than our family here at Lincoln Park, amen? amen. And so, as you look around right now, I want you to look around the auditorium, right? We have a pretty good crowd here this morning, but we have some uh, holes over here, we got some holes over here, and I know we have some sickness in the congregation right now uh we're at that time of year now where you're entering into the fall time the seasonal allergies obviously we're still in a pandemic we know about covid but we also are entering the flu season so let's check on our brothers and sisters in christ i know that we have several families that are under the weather right now we don't have to go in and be exposed but you know what we can do we can drop things off on the porch we can run ring the ring doorbell and run you don't have to run but we can ring the doorbell, drop some things off on the porch, let them know that there's there. We can drop some meals off. Let's check on them. Let's see if they have any needs, okay? Because I tell you what, there's nothing better that, that'll lift, you, lift your spirits when you're not feeling good than know that somebody cares, amen? And so as we get in the Word here this morning, if you look on the screen behind me, it says, be careful how you live. You may be the only Bible some people ever read. Patrick, did you read that? So be careful how you live. You may be the only Bible some people ever read. And I'm not going to tell his story, but we were having a funny little conversation before, uh, before uh, after Bible study this morning. And I told him, I said, hey, pay attention to the sermon this morning because you might find this helpful. <laughs> and it was a funny story. But we look at this this morning. We talk about the Word of God. We we had a a wonderful Bible study this morning where we were digging into the Word, trying to understand uh, what uh, Luke was teaching us in Luke chapter 6. And to me, it it all begins and ends in the Word of God. right? We know that the Word of God, it guides us. It gives us direction. It gives us comforts. It transforms our very lives. It pricks the hearts of the open-minded. And the word of God, it gives us direction for our soul, doesn't it not? It gives direction for our attitudes, our temperaments. It gives direction to the sin problem that we have in our very lives. And so the word of God needs to be shared with all of our loved ones. It needs to be shared with our friends. It needs to be shared with the world. And that's why I kind of went off track a little bit on Bible study this morning, but it kind of all came full circle. And in the Bible study this morning, I said, what was the point uh, when Jesus did all that the Father had commanded? And what is the point for us? That we are to go out and share the message. Did Jesus share the message that he was commanded to teach and to preach and to speak? That the Father had given him? And then he gives us a command at the end of the gospel, uh, Mark chapter 16, 15 and 16, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, to go and preach. Go out into the world and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Share the message with others. Why? Because it's the word of God that directs our very lives. It's the word of God that gives us comfort, that transforms us in, in the eyes of friends, family, and coworkers. And so, brethren, if others you encounter, you know, if, let's just be honest, right? Everybody that we encounter isn't always going to want to hear about your Jesus. Amen? Everyone you encounter isn't always going to want to hear about your faith. So I need you to understand that we have to be very careful at that moment in time. You know why? Because you may be the only Bible somebody ever reads. What do I mean by that? You may be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. What I mean by that is how you live, how you love, how you forgive, how you interact with people. How you speak, the various ways you respond to all the various life situations that are thrown at us. Every aspect of your life will be on full display for everybody to witness and everybody to see. And so when I say that your life may be the only Bible that somebody reads, they should be able to see and understand what the scriptures teach based on the changes, the transformation process that takes place in your life as you, as you internalize the word of God. You all of a sudden are a more forgiving person. You all of a sudden, you don't use the same language. You speak differently. You act differently. You love differently. You're willing to forgive because you understand all that God has forgiven you. You're all of a sudden your life is transforming and blossoming before the eyes of your friends, your family members, your co-workers, and those in the world. And so what I mean by uh, your life may be the only Bible somebody ever reads. They shouldn't have to read about forgiveness when they understand how you're willing to go above and beyond to forgive them of the transgressions that they may have committed against you. About the love that you have. Not any type of love. But sacrificial love. Brethren, the world doesn't know sacrificial love like the church should know sacrificial love. Amen? And so when you look at this by living out your faith, your life, your life should be a wonderful blessing to everybody you come in contact with. We are called to be a blessing because we know that we're going to receive eternal blessings. And so in the here and now, we live our lives as a blessing to all we come in contact with. That's what it means to be careful how you live your life. Because you may be the only Bible somebody ever reads. We need to make sure, brethren, that we're not a bunch of pew sitters. We need to be active in our faith. Did God call us to be active in our faith? You're going to hear me to say this morning, like I said in Bible study, we have been called to go. Go where? Out into the mission field of the world. And do what? Preach. Teach. And share your faith. And allow your transformed life, your changed mind, to be the example that everybody sees. They say, man, I know Anthony. I mean, I knew Anthony from years ago. And he's a different dude now. He ain't the same guy. That's your goal. That's what you should strive for. So people can see that he's not the same man that he used to be. Amen. There's something different about him. But what is it? Where did that transformation start? What caused the transformation? And so, brethren, that's why I said it all begins and ends in the word of God. Because the word of God gives direction to our lives. And the word of God is that guide, that light to our path and that that, that, gives, that makes the crooked path straight. So every one of us has an important role to play in the kingdom of God for the furtherance of the Lincoln Park congregation, but for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. If too many people don't fully understand that you have a role to play, and showing up here on Sunday really isn't part of that role. We show up here on Sunday to give thanks for the sacrifice, do this in remembrance of me, that Jesus made on our behalf. So as Christians, we come together to worship God, sing songs of praise to his holy name. To lift him up in prayer It's a gift, thanks, to encourage one another. But then we are to leave this building, go into the mission field of the world, and do what? Share your faith. Teach and preach and allow your changed life to be what sets the example. Brethren, notice the first passage of Scripture here this morning. As we look at this first passage of Scripture in 1 Peter, brethren, we need to understand that by living out our faith, And by living changed lives, people are going to see that something is different about you. Where does that concept come from? In the scriptures. Because the scriptures are what guides our lives. It all begins and ends in scripture. 1 Peter 1, 14-16 tells us this. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the former lusts which were yours in your ignorance. What does it mean? That were yours in your ignorance. It says you didn't know what you didn't know. You didn't know what righteousness looked like. You didn't really know what sin was. Because you haven't read the word of God yet. You haven't been directed in holiness. And so Peter tells us that as obedient children, we're not conformed to the world like we used to be in our ignorance. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all of your behavior. Why? Why? Because I myself am holy. Brothers and sisters, you look at this passage of scripture here this morning. And when you think about it, prolonged sin in our lives has a way of defining us, does it not? If you have consistent prolonged sin over a long period of time, when people see you, what do they usually see? The sin in your lives. They know you're known by the sin in your life. But that same concept is true of righteousness. You can change. Your past doesn't have to define you. It doesn't have to define you, and you can allow a newfound righteousness and holy living to be what defines you. But it's going to take time to change the perception that they have of you from years gone by. That's why Jesus says it's hard for a prophet to, uh, to be a prophet in his own hometown because many people aren't willing to let go of the past, what they think they know about you. And so, brothers and sisters, we know that righteousness has the same effect, that prolonged righteousness over a period of time, consistent, holy, righteous living will then change the perception that people eventually have of you. And when you allow your soul, when you allow your attitude, when you allow the sin problem that you have in your life to be brought into subjection to the word of God, a beautiful transformation begins to take place. And it's, 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 like a, it's like a budding flower that's opening slowly. But as it opens slowly, it gets more and more beautiful every day. And that's what our Christian faith, our Christian walk is like. Brothers and sisters, when you allow your life to be washed by the blood of Christ, a marvelous transformation takes place. Why? Because it says at that point, you become a new creation. God says, stop dwelling on the past. Stop dwelling on the sin. Stop, stop allowing people to define who you are based on past actions. You're no longer that person. You buried that person. He's dead and gone. And now we understand that when we've been washed in the blood of Christ, in a, we're a new creation, brethren, God says stop dwelling in the past because I remember it no more. He says, why are you still dwelling on that garbage? It's like it never happened. But we have to allow that concept to sink in and stop dwelling on what used to define us. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7 tells us, In Jesus, listen to this, In Jesus we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Brothers and sisters, we need to be a people that immerse ourselves in the word of God. Why? Because we're now a new creation that has been forgiven by the rich graces of God. And now you look at the next passage of Scripture. And I think of what, young, uh, what, uh, what Paul told young Timothy, who was an evangelist. And this, is, this concept and this, this thought process is for all Christians. That we are to be diligent to present ourselves, what? As approved to God. As a workman who does not need to be ashamed. Who accurately handles the word of God. Brothers and sisters, by doing so, we can teach others. We could go and share our faith and teach others about the love and the grace of Jesus Christ, of God the Father and the Holy Spirit, which we lived out, which as we transform our lives, we live out the sacrifice of Christ because now we're living sacrificially because we buried the old man of sin. We're living anew and now we're living sacrificially, not for the desires of the flesh, not for the sins that we used to enjoy. But now we live a sacrificial life in service to God, in service to the kingdom. Brethren, we can confidently teach others how to be freed from bondage of sin. You know why? Because who else here has been freed from the bondage of sin? Anybody here been freed from the bondage of sin? What freed you from the bondage of sin? The blood of Jesus Christ? Don't you think it might be helpful if we let other people know that they too can be freed from the bondage of sin? That they too have a hope for a better tomorrow and that your past doesn't have to define you and that there is hope and that God's great love and grace, brethren, is waiting for them. We look at the scriptures here this morning and we need to remember that as we teach people about the, the golden rule, we need to make sure we're living it out. And you think about Matthew chapter 7, you think about verse 12. This is where we what we oftentimes in Christendom call the golden rule, right? It says, in everything, therefore, treat people the same way that you wish to be treated. For this is the law. This is the prophets. How you treat others will say a lot about your faith. Remember what I said. You may be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. What is the impression that you want to leave with them? What's the impression that you want to leave with them of God and of his people? that we're just like them, that we sin constantly, that they can't tell a difference between us? I've often said, if God looks out over the sea of humanity and he can't tell a difference between his people, the church, the bride of Christ, and the rest of humanity, we got a problem. Well, I'm here to tell you, brethren, we got a problem. We got a problem because too many people like to show up on Sunday and Wednesday, but... The rest of the week, they're not sharing their faith. They're not living for God. And the concept here this morning that I want you to go away with is that your life and how you live it may be the only Bible somebody ever reads. So what is the impression you want to leave with them about who God is and what his people look like? It's a different concept, I know, but it's something that we need to consider. Why? Why? ...because of this next passage of Scripture. Because as I told you, everything begins and ends in the Word of God. And I think of the next passage of Scripture in the book of Romans. And as we consider this morning how the Word of God guides us... ...it's important that we go to Romans chapter 12 and we look at verse 1 and 2. Because it says, therefore I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God... ...to do what? ...to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice... That which is acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. It's your spiritual duty, it's basically telling you. And then it says, and do not be conformed to the world, but what? What does it say? Everybody read that out loud. Be transformed by renewing your mind. With what? With the word of God, so that you may prove what the will of God is. That which is good, that which is acceptable, that which is perfect. Brethren, we need to not be conformed to the world, but transform our minds. And I've said it, and I'll keep saying it, and it begins and ends in the word of God. Everything that we do, who we are, how we live, is going to be judged by the world. I've often said, like it or not, the church is going to be judged by the world. Our lives and our faith are going to be judged by the world. But you get to determine what they see and how they judge. Do they see somebody who stands condemned? Or do they see somebody that they have questions for? Because that dude is different. They say, man, every time I meet with Chuck, he's so calm. He's so pleasant. He's always got something good to say. He's helpful. He's willing to be there for you. He's willing to, to help you in any way that he can. Where does that come from? Because most people I run into don't necessarily have that same mindset. What is it that sets him apart? That should be when you know that you're living a life that's different, that's washed in the blood of Christ, and that, brethren, that you're the Bible that they're reading through your life and your conduct and your actions, is one that mirrors the Holy Scriptures, that mirrors the life of Christ. And as we transform our minds with the Word of God, our lives will transform before the very watchful eye of friends and family and coworkers. They'll begin to see a renewed hope in your life. They'll begin to see, uh, they'll begin to see a constant joy, a peace, an inner strength that you didn't have before. And they're going to want to know, where did this come from? And it makes me think of this next passage of Scripture, 1 Peter chapter 1. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, and in verse 3 through 5, notice what Peter tells us. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again. That's that new creation I keep talking about. You're a new creation, a new person, because we're born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. To obtain what? An inheritance, which is imperishable and undefiled, that will not fade away, and it's reserved for you in heaven. And then it says, who are protected by the power of God through faith and salvation that are going to be revealed at the last time. Brothers and sisters, you need to pay attention to 1 Peter right here, chapter 1, verse 3 through 5. Why? Because it talks about the living hope that we all have. It talks about an inheritance that can't be uh, taken away, that, that that won't fade away when our lives are over, that is reserved for you in heaven, and that you are protected by the power of God. That should give us joy, hope, peace, inner strength that I was just talking about. If people are not seeing in you a living hope, When they look at your life, if they're not seeing joy, peace, inner strength, and hope for a better tomorrow, then brethren, I implore you to spend some quiet meditation later on today in prayer. I implore you to spend some quiet time by yourself in meditation and in prayer. I implore you to spend some time evaluating your faith and ask yourself, Why don't I have peace, joy, and inner strength in my hearts? and in my life, and in my mind. And then I implore you to pick up your Bibles and to study God's Word so you, with the express purpose that you remember the great many wonderful promises that God has made. And then lastly, I implore you to evaluate your life and ask yourself, is my life really as bad as I think it is? Or am I a blessed person? Anybody here wake up this morning? Oh, that's right, yeah, because you're here. (laughs) And anybody here have food for breakfast this morning? Anybody here have a roof over the head that kept them uh, uh, dry and warm? Anybody here? Oh, yeah, we have clothes too, right? Oh, yeah, there's this little thing called television. Most of us have televisions. You are here this morning, so I'm assuming you probably drove here, and and you probably have a vehicle that you drove here with. And I'm sure Uh, That we took up an offering. Some of you gave money. And so I'm I'm assuming that you have money probably in your bank account. And you're here and you're not in a hospital. So I'm assuming that most of you probably are pretty healthy right now. Are there blessings in our lives? Brothers and sisters. We have to take constant stock of the very blessings in our lives. John uh, uh, Wallace, who hasn't been here in a minute. He's been down in Florida, which we'll have to talk to him about that. He's like, hey, you know, you can, leave the, you can leave the beautiful Florida and come north once in a while, right? He just got back from Ghana. And I followed him on Ghana, in, in, on his Ghana five-week, I think it was five-week missionary trip. And I was following him on, on Facebook, stalking him. And, and I was looking at all his pictures. Man, beautiful pictures, beautiful country. But you know what was even more beautiful? Seeing how those people who were Christians... Who didn't have nothing compared to what we have in the United States? They practically got nothing. And they're happy. They look happy. Mm-hmm. And they have an inner strength, joy, peace living in those conditions because they have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And yet we live in the richest country in the world and we find every reason to complain and grumble. We need to take stock of our blessings, and we need to do it right away. Brothers and sisters, remember, your life may be the only Bible that somebody ever reads, and so I ask you again, what impression do you want to leave them with of God? A God that forsakes us, or a God that has blessed me more than I ever deserve, and that the blessings are overflowing? Do you want to show them that God's people are a people who are happy, even in the midst of tragedy? Who can find peace and joy in the midst of tragedy and pain and suffering? Or do you want to show them a people that uh, constantly complains and grumbles all the while while we live in greater conditions with more blessings than a vast majority of people that are on this planet? This kind of hits home a little bit, doesn't it, when you start to think about it. And so, brethren, once you learn who you are in Christ Jesus, there's something else we got to do. It's time to get to work. It's time to get to work because I need you to remember back early on in your faith when you were just starting to learn the scriptures and you were just starting to learn the gospels. And what does it say on the screen behind me in Mark 16, 15 and 16? Jesus gave a commission. He says, I need you to go into all the world and I need you to preach the gospel to all creation. He who has, been baptized, who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved He who has disbelieved shall be contemned. Brothers and sisters, we need to evaluate our faith, and we need to remember it is what we learned. We know that Jesus is Lord in Christ, based on study of Scripture, and and, and through all the evidence. We know that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. We know that there there is salvation in none other than Christ Jesus. For there is no other name under heaven in which mankind must be saved. Jesus himself said in John 14 and 6, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So this morning, brothers and sisters, I make mention of what we know as a reminder as to what you are to share. I make mention of what we know as a reminder as to what you are to share. You are to share with others the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. You are to share with others the plan of salvation that God has instituted for the salvation of mankind, which goes through the cross of Christ. We are to share forgiveness with others by offering forgiveness. Brethren, we are to share in the cross of Christ by living sacrificially towards others. We are to share the love that God has for humanity by loving others. Brethren... Jesus said that the world will know that you're my disciples if you what? If you love one another. So, do you think it's important that we share the love of God, the love of Jesus, with others? Brothers and sisters, the greatest difference that we can make in this world is by sharing our faith. And as this morning, as I said in Bible study, Jesus tells us that we are to go and share, we are to go and teach, we are to go and preach. And we are to live the type of lives that when others evaluate our lives, which is the only Bible they might ever read, they get a positive impression of God, the church, and his people. Not saying they look at somebody who's maybe a member of the church, and they say, that dude's miserable all the time. Why would you want to serve his God? Why would you want to know more about his faith? The dude's miserable all the time. Always complaining. Always grumbling. Always grumbling. Are we called to complain and grumble? Or are we called to be a positive influence on the world? Brothers and sisters, start by talking to your friends and family. As you go and share and teach and preach, start by talking to your friends and family about the Bible. Ask them if they've read the scriptures. And if they have read some, ask them if they understand what they're reading. Did did Philip chase down a chariot? And did he ask them, Hey, Do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how could I unless somebody explains it to me? Well, isn't that why God said go out and share your faith? Go out and teach and preach so we can be like Philip and explain to them. And you start with Jesus. You start with the cross of Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made for mankind. Because all things flow through Jesus and that sacrifice. Brethren, invite your friends and family often to Bible studies. Invite your friends and family often to worship. Invite your friends and family often to uh, Christian fellowship opportunities. Whether it's here at the building, whether it's at Cackleberry Farms, whether it's in your home, wherever it may be. We should be a people of fellowship. Because that's the example we have in Holy Writ that we see that the early church fellowship broke bread and went from house to house daily, constantly. Invite your uh, Christian friends or invite your family and friends to these opportunities, brethren. But there are other opportunities to share your faith by living out your faith. By living out your faith, helping where there's a need, sharing a meal with somebody, being purposeful in encouraging those who feel beaten down by the pandemic, those who feel beaten down by life, Share your faith with them. Encourage them to let them know that there's a strength that they can have. An inner peace even in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. And we need to post passages of scripture on social media. You never know when a passage of scripture is going to prick somebody's heart. So instead of sharing all the little little gifts and memes, share a passage of scripture on, on, on on social media. You never know when that passage is going to prick somebody's heart. You never know when somebody's searching. Brothers and sisters, we need to live sacrificially by sharing what God has blessed you with. We need to make sure that we open our homes for the express purpose of, first and foremost, building stronger relationships with our brothers and sisters in Christ. I've been on this soapbox for most of the time that I've been in the church because I'm kind of a social fella. I kind of like getting together with family and friends in 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 the church. But you know what almost never happens? When's the last time? And I want you, you don't have to raise hands, you don't have to answer this, but I want you to be honest with yourself. When's the last time you had other fellow brothers and sisters in your home? Don't answer it. You know the answer, though. When's the last time... You invited other brothers and sisters in your house. Now, some of us, we have good friends in the church, and so maybe we get together all the time. But that's just a select group of people. When's the last time you invited somebody else into your home with the express purpose of building stronger bonds, of brotherhood, family, with those individuals? Think about that. I want you to think about that as you leave here today. Because you may be the only Bible that somebody ever reads. And it's important to understand the concept. As I get ready to shut this lesson down, brethren, we must constantly be thinking of ways to share our faith. When you evaluate our country and learn about all the rising percentages of depression, suicide, sin, crime, volatility in society towards people who think differently than you, it becomes very clear, very quickly, what the world needs. And his name is Jesus. But it begins and ends, not only in the word of God, but it begins and ends with you. Every single one of us here this morning have a role to play. Every single one of us in this building this morning are integral to the furtherance of the congregation here at Lincoln Park, but more than that, the universal kingdom of God. We all have to do our parts. And it starts with stepping out in faith by sharing the word of God and by living out your faith and doing some of the things that I I set forth as an example here this morning. Brothers and sisters, as disciples of Christ, we must all take the living uh, word of God out into the world because God has said, go and share and teach and preach. And so I leave you with this this morning. When's the last time you've went and you shared and you taught? When's the last Bible study you've had? Who's when's the last time you've sat down with a family member or a friend and had a Bible study? I know that most of the time people are going to say no. But that's why living your life as a Christian is so very important. But when's the last time you made an offer? I know many people will say no, but when's the last <coughs> offer you made? With a family member, a friend, or a coworker? I'm not talking about going out and talking to strangers. People you know! Ask yourself that question. Along with, when's the last time I had somebody in my home? With the express purpose to build a stronger bond with those individuals. Because brethren, that's where it begins. We are the living representatives of Jesus Christ. And he needs us to go into the world. He's done his part. Now it's time for us to do our part. Are you willing to stand up, share your faith, and live sacrificially for the kingdom of God? If you're hearing this message this morning, brethren, there's a challenge that has been set forth. And I pray to God that each of us accept that challenge. Because our eternal destination hangs in the balance. We will all stand before uh, Christ Jesus, it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. And it says, we will give an account of our lives. What do you want that account to read? You get to decide what Jesus sees. Brothers and sisters, if you're here this morning and you need the prayers of the church, you can come forward this morning. We'll pray for you. And we'll help you in any way that we can. You may be a, You may have been away from the church for a time. And you wish to be restored because you know you haven't been living for God. You know you haven't been living the Christian lifestyle. And you want to make today the day that I I start moving forward. You can come forward this morning and do that. We'll pray for you. And you may have not been a child of God yet. You may have not come to Christ yet. You may not have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Well, you have an opportunity to be baptized this morning for the forgiveness of your sins to receive the gift of the holy spirit and god himself will add you to the kingdom as we come in, as we stand and sing